Steve Rode and Damon Day are coming at you fast, getting you out of debt with their true romance. Steve's the ying to Damon's yang, and they are here to save the day. A couple debt superheroes, Steve and Damon, coming your way. Hi, this is Steve Rode, your Get Out of Debt guy from GetOutOfDebt.org. Here's the latest practical money, credit, and debt advice to help you enjoy life more. All right, let's go. There was my anus. <laughs> okay, we'll start the show on that. <laughs> uh, oh, great. I had a client actually uh, email me. And he wanted to, I haven't talked to him about a year, so he's got some uh, student loan issues with his kids, and he wants me to review it with him. Yeah. And he's been a client for a couple of years, um, so he, he reached out to me, and, you know, renewal's coming up, and he, he wanted to kind of go over his options. And he goes, oh, and I listened to the last podcast that you and Steve did, and I went, Uh-oh. oh, shit. <laughs> Ruh-roh. Because I think that last one was the one where you're like, oh, we could do a whole bunch of cuss words, see where that goes. <laughs> <laughs> Suck it up. So, so he didn't say what was that or anything like that. He said, oh, by the way, I heard that last podcast you did. And I went, mm. <laughs> <laughs> that was all Steve's idea. I'm just the sidekick. But why? Why would you do that? Why would you do any of that? <laughs> well, I went back and all I right. censored out all that stuff. Yeah, but I don't know when he heard it. No, that's true. Well, he didn't say, all you right. know, it sucked. He just said he heard it. All right. So we got uh, one, two, three. Four things to talk about this week, Damon. And, uh, of course, we're back here with Damon Day from DamonDay.com and Steve Rode from GetOutOfDebt.org. So, Damon, actually, I'm going to give you the topics. You tell me which one you want to talk about first, okay? Uh, don't use the IRS as a bank. Saving for Christmas. Staycations versus vacations. Or debit card versus credit card. They're all boring. Yeah, well. <laughs> <laughs> let's do let's do the IRS bank because uh, um, I end up saying that to clients all the time. I drop my hot pocket. Kapoya, kapoya. <laughs> okay. <laughs> all right. So yeah, one way, one thing I hear all the time, and you do too. You just said it is about tax refunds and how I'm going to get my money back and how much money am I going to get, and people always want to get a huge refund and then they're surprised when they don't. So you can manipulate the system to get a huge refund. And, and here's some sound advice that I found, hey, look, on the internet that explains <laughs> how this works. Who want a bigger refund? Who want a big refund? Okay. Who want to know how to get a bigger refund? I'm going to tell you how to do it. If you don't know how to get a bigger refund, now's the time to pause everything in your background and listen to what I'm saying. Strictly talking to people who want to get a bigger refund. Okay, now look, in the tax business, when you overpay on your taxable income, you get more money back. When you overpay, when you when you go buy something for ten dollars and you have a twenty dollar bill and you pay with twenty, you ex, you are expecting the cashier to give you your refund back of ten dollars. Well, that's exactly how it works in the tax world. Okay, if you overpay in your income tax. Um, wages, okay, then the government will then give you your change back 
from the money that you have given. Okay? That's how you get a bigger refund. And the way that you set that up is very, very, very simple. Okay? You got to know how to manipulate your W-4 form. Your W-4 um, form. I mean, basically, that sums it all up. If You know, <laughs> if you have too much money taken out of your paycheck during the year, then you get it back as a refund. Is there anything else that hey, I missed there? How much How much interest does the IRS pay you on that money? Ah, like uh, zero? Zero, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, you know, like a the great place thing, to put your money. Yeah, but the other thing that always drives me crazy is when people say, you know, I'm $1,000 a month short each month. I just can't make ends meet uh, until I get my $12,000 tax refund at the end of the year. Then I can get caught up. Like, just adjust your withholdings. Yeah. Well, I mean, you got you got the two schools of thought on this, right? You got the one school of thought that says you're too stupid to manage your own money, so give it to Big Brother or whoever to hold for you, and they'll give it back to you at the up. So to silence that, it's a creditor calling me, shocker. <laughs> for one of your clients. So, what? For one of your clients. Yeah, you got real loud all of a sudden. Oh, sorry. Yeah, no, I don't know if it was what? my phone. You know what? You know why I got loud? I why? like turtles. What? Oh, I, I like, like turtles. turtles. <laughs> no, I think that phone call like interrupt. You know what? Hold on. I'm going to put it on airplane mode. No. So what I was saying was, you know, you got the two schools of thought. You got the one school that just says, well, you know, you're going to spend all your money if you get it in your paycheck. So have it taken away from you so you never see it. Right. Give it to the government. And they'll give it back to you at the end of the month or the end of the year. And then the other school of thought is, okay, well, that makes sense. But why give it to an entity that's not going to do anything for you? Why not just take it out and you know, put it in a CD or something like that, like a, you know, 12 month CD every month or, you know, or even a money market account or something that earns something. Hey, you know, I'd rather get a hundred dollars back on my taxes than $10,000 back. You're right. Cause I can use it and save it or do something with it. I can enjoy it during the year. I don't have to struggle during each month. I can use my own money, but yeah. Okay. But your point brings up a really good one, which is, uh, can people be trusted to manage their own finances, do the right thing with their money, or do they have to be babysat? What do you think? Well, well, well. Um, unfortunately, I think the education system sucks, and it totally dropped the ball on that. Um, and I don't think there's a really good way to answer that. So thank you for that setup. <laughs> <laughs> well, here's the reason why I ask, because... We're moving into the second topic here, and we're going to talk about credit and debit cards. And there are two schools of thought here, right? Either you can do well, manage your own financial decisions, or you need someone else, else to babysit you. And speaking of babysitting, let's listen to what Dave Ramsey has to say about credit cards. Five million families have gone through Financial Peace University. We've sold 15 million books. 16 million people listen to the show. Now, what does that say? It says credit card's not working. Is that what it says? Well, it says some odd how many million people he said are struggling to figure out how to best use credit cards. Well, he also says this. The credit card is the cigarette of the financial world. There's no upside. It kills you. When you can have a debit card that does everything a credit card does, and you're not out here chasing discover points, thinking that's going to make you rich, which really makes you look mathematically stupid. Or, here's the alternative point of view. 
In fact, there's no real argument or debate here. A credit card is better than a debit card. In every way, one thing can be better than another thing. And yet, I still keep running into people who swear by their debit cards and refuse to get a credit card. And this perplexes me. Now, the only real argument against credit cards is a rather irrational and unreasonable one. And that is, I am terrible with my money and I can't handle it. I don't have any willpower. If I have a credit card here, well, what if I just go and buy something I can't afford? That's the dumbest f***ing thing I've ever heard. Why would you buy something you can't afford? That is the cardinal rule of financial advice. Only buy what you can afford. If you're using a credit card instead of a debit card, your financial habits shouldn't change any. And at the end of the day, you're making money off the credit card. Whereas a debit card is just you're spending your own money immediately and you're not getting any benefits out of it. So there's two alternative points of view. Which side of this argument are you on? Well, uh, you know, same, same thing. I think it comes down, you know, I, and I like Dave, um, uh, but I don't think there's the uh, one argument for everybody. I, I really think some someone has to kind of do some self-reflecting and decide, are they the type of person that can manage their money and, and be wise with it? Or are they the type of person that just, you know, if the cookie jar is there, they're sticking their hand in it. And I think for probably half the country, Dave's way makes sense. And the other half of the country, whoever that was that you just played makes more sense. I personally, I'm, I'm the latter, you know, I, I love using my credit cards, um, and, and getting the points and, um, you know, I don't have any debt that's on any interest bearing credit cards. I take advantage of the promotional rates and, um, uh, you know, points and get free plane tickets and, uh, my favorite is Amex Home Depot gift cards. I get a couple hundred dollars a year in gift cards just for paying my bills with a, an Amex card um, or you know, like Discover. I get 2% back on those things and 5% back on on certain things. And I kind of, you know, keep an eye on what those things are and use that card for that thing. And I just, you know, I get, in fact, this month I'm looking at my Discover card. I have $70 in cash back bonuses and I, I pay the Discover card off every month. I yeah. just use it to pay all my bills, and I never use my debit card. So, so, as opposed to what Dave says, which is people are using their points trying to build wealth, you're actually getting free gifts and money and points to use on top of having no debt. So that makes sense. I think I'm in the camp with uh, this guy. In fact, there's no real argument or debate here. A credit card is better than a debit card. In every way, one thing can be better than another thing. And yet, I still keep... I like that. In one way, one thing can be better than, <laughs> than another thing. <laughs> yeah, it absolutely can. That's deep wisdom, Steve. He's dropping it. Things are going to get thick real quick. <laughs> yeah. But I, I, honestly, I think it just comes down to, you know, the individual needs to assess, you know, their ability to handle the money. Because Dave's point is, if you, you can get into a lot of trouble with credit cards if you're, if you're not careful with it and all of a sudden, oh, well, I'll just pay it next month or next month. And then pretty soon, all of a sudden, that could become $30,000 in debt. So, you know, you can use the credit cards as a tool or, you know, you could misuse the credit cards, you know, as a tool. So, you know, to Dave's point, you, you got to be uh, wise with it. Otherwise, you will get in trouble. Well, I think it falls under everything else that has to do with personal responsibility. Uh, yes, you can overspend with a credit card. You can also overspend with a debit card. You know, if you're bipolar or on a manic phase and you're overspending, you're just going to run out of money faster with one versus, versus another. But I think that if people can own sharp kitchen knives, 
They can drive vehicles at 70 miles an hour down a road with only a painted line between you and the other person that you can exercise some sort of personal control. It's, it's awareness is what it is. Now, um, I agree that a credit card is actually better than a debit card in just about every way. Credit cards are covered by a different set of laws than debit cards are. Credit cards, if there is some sort of scam or mistake or error, it can be taken care of before it actually hits your bank account. A debit card, you know, that for years I've covered the guy that went to, you know, Burger King and bought a hamburger and got hit with a $2,000 debit charge or the wrong person's card at the restaurant or, you know, uh, people always say that they're more subject to identity theft and somebody's going to take their information when they shop online. You know what? No, you're more subject to having your credit or debit card stolen when you go to a restaurant. I mean, you hand your card to a stranger. Where do they go with that card? (laughs) So um, a debit card is just the same as like electronic check. Okay. You're handing a check, a blank check to somebody to go and access your bank account. And while people say, yeah, but if there is a problem, you know what? My bank's going to stand up and honor that. Well, they may do that as a matter of business process, but under the different laws that are required for each card, they don't have to do that. And the other thing too is you hit the nail on the head. If I'm using my credit card each month, I'm paying the balance off in full. It doesn't matter what the interest rate is on my credit card. I'm paying zero because I'm paying the balance off. But guess what? I'm also getting other perks and points and things that I can use, and those have value. I'm not trying to get rich off those perks. I'm just able to use them towards things that I want to do. Like um, we just went on a little uh, getaway, and I used the points on my card to pay that part of the bill that the getaway was essentially I had a little free vacation. Yeah. Well, let me give you the the tale of two financial mediums real quick. Yep. So uh, the the story we talked about in a couple podcasts ago where I got ripped off on Craigslist, right? Yeah. Buying this hitch. And so what had happened real quick is I bought a hitch online and the shipping got all screwed up and they weren't going to get it to me on time. So that's what I had to resort to taking cash out, which was probably the only time I used my debit card in months was to go to the bank and get some cash out on Craigslist. I really, I carry the debit card and I never use it unless I'm on a rare occasion need to get cash because I barely ever carry cash either. But so I went to Craigslist, had my cash, got, you know, bought a hitch, was the wrong hitch. So I got ripped off and I had no recourse. I was out that 500 bucks. Now the hitch that I bought online with my Discover card didn't get to me on time. So then I needed a third option. And so what did I do with the one that I got? I paid $1,400 for that hitch on my Discover card and it didn't get to me on time. I just disputed it with the Discover card and they credited my account right away and I didn't have to deal with it. So, you know, having that cash, I had no protection, which is just like using a debit card if they would have taken one. But having the debit or having the credit card, I was able to immediately get that charge reversed and the credit card, Discover in this case, went out and contacted the company and took care of the problem. Well, it's funny when you when I talk to people, they ask me, you know, what do you think about debit cards? And I start giving them my answer. Uh, you get the kind of you know head, head tilt, hmm. You know, you <laughs> you must be wrong because Dave Ramsey and other people say that you don't need a credit card. You're only going to get in trouble. You should only use a debit card. But you know what? If you only use a debit card, here's another thing that you don't get: credit history. You don't build credit history. You don't get any sort of advantage 
from just using your debit card. In fact, the lack of reporting with a debit card, you just appear to vanish on your credit report. You can spend as you want. Make sure that you're doing well. You don't exist. You're not getting any more benefit from it. Yeah, and of course, those same people would say, well, you don't need credit, you know, that kind of thing. But, the, you know, the bottom line is, Life is freaking easier if you have good credit. Just is. That's just the reality of it. Because like, trust me, I ha- ask me how I know. Yeah. I have, I've had both in my life. Yeah. And life is easier. Now, I could still get the things that I wanted when I had bad credit. But, Steve, wouldn't, would you say I have the gift of gab? Oh, my God. Way? Oh, yeah. You, you are so gabby. I, can, I, could, I could talk my way into things, you know, renting houses and buying cars when my credit report would, you know, back in the day would say no way in hell should you rent your house to this guy based on the credit report. And you can ask my wife, she goes, I don't know how you do it, but you always get what you want. It's just a skill that I have and not everybody has that skill. So while I can live and exist just using debit cards and going through the bankruptcy and having bad credit for a couple of years, it didn't affect me as much as it might affect somebody that, you know, the biggest thing I always get is, well, if, if my credit is bad or I don't have credit, how do I rent a house? How do I rent an apartment? What, what am I going to do? And my response to that is always like, well, there's millions of people that have no credit or bad credit, yeah. but there's not this homeless epidemic where they're all in tent cities because they have bad credit. You know, you might, you can still rent places. You might not be able to get the exact place that you want. And the more skilled you are at speaking with that landlord, the, the nicer place you can get. But I've never had a problem when I had bad credit, um, you know, renting a house or or whatever. But, you know, I'm kind of gifted in that way. <laughs> Why you got hair coming out your nose? Because <laughs> I haven't shaved yet. <laughs> Dad, was my anus? You, you know I just had to play that. Of course. That's going to be everyone. Are you? <laughs> well, look, here, here's another guy that has the same sort of gift that you do, the, the gift of accomplishing things. The sacrifices that we personally made to be here are incredible. My wife's boyfriend sold his prosthetic leg on Craigslist to afford me the opportunity to be here, but they get alone time, and I get a chance to be in Omaha, and my double-wide trailer will turn into a single-wide when I get home, but we got a FundMe page that I get to go check at the local library. There we go. <laughs> that guy needs his own YouTube channel. <laughs> He's in a baseball game. <laughs> Talk about the gift of gab. Oh my god! Yeah, it took me a second. My wife's boyfriend sold his prosthetic <laughs> <laughs> on Craigslist. See, yeah, that Craig, that cra- list that Craig's got—that's some amazing stuff. It all works out because what do you say, Steve? Sometimes you can fall into crap and come out smelling like a rose. Yeah, that's it. That that sums you up. <laughs> Hey, how about some real financial advice? We don't Did do you that. know that shopping malls are designed to make you spend? Everything in a mall, from what you see to what you smell, and even the temperature is designed to get you to buy. As you shop, there are white-coated scientists in the back room analyzing the items you admire and ultimately purchase. They use that information to pick the colors of the walls and placement of the products. A mall can be a tough place for someone who doesn't have control of their spending. If you feel like you can't stop yourself from spending too much at the mall, take control by limiting your visits. Don't go to the mall to browse. Only go to buy items that you already have in mind. For some people, shopping through catalogs or online helps them limit the temptation to spend on impulse purchases. The important thing to know is that you have the power to control your spending by understanding the things that cause you to overspend. (laughs) 
There you go. Well, yeah. <laughs> well, I know the background on that, but what, well, all I can say is, Steve, how old is that clip? <laughs> it's 17 years old. <laughs> and had I not known already it was 17 years old, <laughs> I think I could have guessed by who in the hell goes to malls anymore? I know. <laughs> well, we've, you, you know what? The funny thing is, I go to because you talked about only go to malls. Um, don't go to malls to browse. Yeah. But the funny thing is, 17 years later, and I, I think a lot of people are like this, but this is what I do. I love going to the mall so I can browse and look at stuff. And then if I find something I want, I pull up Amazon and yeah. I order it while I'm standing there in the store. Read the code with your phone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then it's going to be at my house the next day. And it's a lot cheaper. I, I rarely buy anything in the mall. I go specifically to browse. I don't know if anybody's in debt tonight, but if you are, I'm going to tell you right now not to worry about it because I used to worry about it. It doesn't help at all. I used to be a little bit of debt and it bothered me a lot. Now I'm in a lot of debt. It just bothers me a little. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, that's true. It's all about your mindset, too. I mean, if you don't let it bother you, it doesn't bother you. True story. I had a guy come to me and he was $300,000 in credit card debt and it didn't phase him one little bit. And then the very next day, I had a guy come to me, and I I met him face-to-face. He had $3,000 of credit card debt, and he was inconsolable. I I mean, he was crying on my shoulder. I was hugging him. He couldn't handle it. It's all relative. Well, like like we said back in the beginning, you know, everybody's different. So you have to, you know, have some self-reflection, you know, and if that bothers you to have $3,000 in credit card debt, then maybe you're the type of person that only wants to use a debit card. All right, so we're talking about getting around. This has been actually a pretty good segue show. It's amazing how it's worked out. But that's amazing. (laughs) The last thing that I wanted to talk about was actually um, saving Big Mama. (laughs) Hold on a second. (laughs) Kapuya, (laughs) kapuya. Yeah, where's this one from? I like turtles. <laughs> viral video on the internet. My kids were, came home saying it the other day, and it was like a video from five or six years ago. So I guess it was making a new round around their school. And yeah, my so- kids, my fourth grader is like, "Hey, Dad, I like turtles." <laughs> and I'm like, "I'm like, do you know what that's from?" He goes, "No, my friends say it all the time." So I had to show them the video. They never even saw the video, but they were saying it. <laughs> well, here's another one from a viral video. That's your kind of thing, Maria. You love doing it yourself. <laughs> Good morning, everyone. Sometimes, yeah, I, I can. See, there you go. <laughs> All right, what's the segue? Uh, actually, here's one more. I want to play you this for making money at home, right? Being entrepreneurial, finding a way to help make ends meet. For example, the first thing that we make now, instead of a cuckoo clock, see, this is a poopoo clock. And what we did see is we took them turds and we crammed them in between the number there, so that's one thirty, two thirty, three thirty. Now over here we make fecal people. And depending upon the shape of them middle turds right there, we can do them with big boobs or guts or butts or long legs or short legs. See, because there's no two turds that are ever alike. Have you ever seen a turd, the two turds alike? God bless the internet. <laughs> it wouldn't be so it wouldn't be so funny if it wasn't true. Yeah, this woman's actually uh started her own store where she collects moose poop 
And uh, because, you know, she says... Everyone takes a crap. And that's true. But she just has to go out, wander around a little bit, and she finds the stuff, you know, to easily make her fecal people. The turds are all local. We just go out and track the moose, and, and wherever the moose are, they're going to take a crap. And I, I have found that when a moose takes a dump, you walk about 50 yards in any direction, and they take another dump. And when a moose takes a dump, they'll crap out between two and 400 turds every time they... They take a crap, so it's like I, I get five bucks a turd for these things. So I get jumping right up and down. I get excited. <laughs> it's a big country. You know, shop local, bro. That's all I got to say. <laughs> Didn't see that at your mall, now did you? <laughs> no, but you know what? I, you know, God bless that woman, you know. to she <laughs> That would be the ultimate, you know, fall into a pile of shit and come out smelling like a rose. Yep. For example, the first thing that we make now, instead of a cuckoo clock, see, this is a poopoo clock. <laughs> hey that's why when people say you know i can't find a job or i mean look you know you just gotta you know think outside the box a little bit you can sell anything there's a market for everything somewhere yep and that's that's you man fell in a pile of crap came out smelling like a rose everyone takes uh, a crap <laughs> yeah true yeah all right what well, uh this is the segue now okay because we're going to talk about saving money, whether it's for holidays, back to school, vacation coming up or whatever. And uh, here's a piece of advice that we've played before, but it never gets old. Start saving your f***ing money. If you've got money on hand in cash, start saving it. Put it in your shoebox underneath your f***ing bed. So it's time to start thinking about uh, that dreaded holiday, Christmas. It's going to be coming up again, and you don't want to be... I, I know, I know. You don't want to be caught short. It's never too early to start planning. It's March, Steve. <laughs> yeah, but you know what? It's much easier to save money for Christmas coming up starting in March than it is in November. No, you just put it on the credit card. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding, people. Put it on the debit card. We'll see you in January. Yeah, tell your mortgage company, sorry, I only use debit cards, so yeah. I don't have enough for the mortgage this month. I got five months of bills. Yeah. <laughs> All right, but but planning money on how to save uh, can be difficult. Um, in the past, we used to have something called, I mean, like I'm reaching way back here, Christmas clubs. You've never heard of a Christmas club, have you, Damon? No, Steve, no. I'm not ancient. Okay. <laughs> I'm about to fall over. I'm an old redwood here. Um, but yeah. we used to have Christmas clubs. So each month you would deposit some money into your Christmas club and then Christmas comes, boop, you take all the money out. You can afford to pay for Christmas just to show you how old of a concept this is. I tried to search for something for this broad, for this podcast on Christmas clubs on a story. This is the only thing that I could find for Christmas that had Christmas and club in it. Lights are flashing red and green. And shoppers all dash through the streets. Holly and Ivy do the Christmas pole dance at the strip club Christmas Eve. Club. 
had Christmas and Club in it. I mean, I don't want to tell you. <laughs> Christmas Club was pre-internets. Uh, that song's three minutes long. It's unbelievable. Again, whether you want to save for something that's coming up like a big vacation, like somebody who might be going to a theme park on one of the coasts, or you're planning for Christmas and you want to emerge from Christmas without any bills, there are some easy ways that you can save. Uh, now, in the past, saving was boring as hell. If you wanted to save your money, everyone said the only way you could do that was with a budget. But there are other ways that you can do that. One of them is actually layaway. You've heard of layaway, haven't you, Damon? Sure. So layaway is essentially just a Christmas club type thing. You're just doing it one store. Now, Kmart has had, over the years, some amazing commercials. This is their commercial about free layaway. Julio, I need to ask you a question. What is it, compadre? Did your mama get that hoodie at Kmart? Yeah, dog. Well, your mama must have cavities, because that hoodie is sweet. Oh, oh yeah? Well, your mama's like a tasty cheese plate, because she served up a chichetta on them Kmart jeans. Oh! Well, your mama's got so much game that she couldn't even store it on that tablet. Oh! oh come on! Your mom's so fashion forward, the future call, they want those hot tops back. Oh! Well, your mama's so fiscally responsible, she got all that on free layaway. No! <laughs> Shop your way, members. Get free layaway at Kmart. New school year starts here. I miss How Kmart. How old is that commercial? <laughs> oh, it's about the same time this one came out. Ship my pants. Right here? Ship my pants, you're kidding. You can ship your pants? Right here. You hear that? I can ship my pants for free. Wow. I just may ship my pants. Yeah, ship your pants. Billy, you can ship your pants, too. I can't wait to ship my pants, Dad. I just shipped my pants, and it's very convenient. Very convenient. I just shipped my drawers. I just shipped my nightie. I just shipped my bed. If you can't find what you're looking for in store, we'll find it at Kmart.com right now and ship it to you for free. See, you got to miss Kmart. I thought Kmart was out of business. <laughs> uh, effectively, they're out of business. Okay, maybe that's why. No, no, no. <laughs> this is. I why. mean, to ship your pants—that was a funny commercial. Yeah, that one. Yeah, but, but I never heard that other one. That I—I I feel like that was like in the '80s or something. That—that <laughs> that would that commercial would not go over well today. It wouldn't. I—I uh, I do not think it would. No. Oh. Ugh, I hate these big-ass prices. Sounds like you could use some big-ass savings. I'd love some big-ass savings. Kmart Shop Your Way members save 30 cents a gallon. 30 cents a gallon? That's a big-ass discount. Big-ass discount. A really (laughs) big-ass discount. Really big-ass discount. Honey, this solves your big-ass problem. Totally solves my big-ass problem. Yeah, look at that big-ass truck. Big-ass man. Hello, big-ass man. Shop Your Way members get big-ass savings. Save 30 cents a gallon when you spend $50 or more at Kmart. You know, I, I, I like to, to ship my pants in the big ass. Yeah. I, I think that's hilarious. I think, I, you know, th- that should have had more traction for them. That should have kept them in business. Yeah, well, there's nothing sexy about layaway, right? Well, you know, I could I could bring this thing full circle, right? Here we go. So what we're going to do for, you know, for the big tip for shopping for Christmas is in November, 
put it all on a credit card, right? Okay. And then do your and then do your tax taxes and get your big ass refund check <laughs> and pay off the credit card. There you go. Full circle. We're done. I love this, man. Your your advice is to, don't do anything that we just told you. <laughs> Cuz that's what people typically do. They listen to what we say and then they do the opposite. Oh yeah, everyone's going to do the opposite anyway. We know that. Yeah, but this has a nice ring to it. Give the government all your money all year, and that's your Christmas savings. Put it on a credit card, and then get your refund by by February. Yeah, pay the bill. And pay it off. Yeah, give me a show. Yeah, man, I'm going to eat you. I'm bigger than you. I'm higher in the food chain. Get in my belly. Oh, Austin Powers. Well, this is the other thing that you can ha- do in case you have a big windfall like a big tax refund check. Can I ask you, if you want all the money, what would you do with it? Bunch of hookers and cocaine. (laughs) (laughs) Courtesy of Uncle Sam. That's right. Well, again, there's nothing sexy about planning how to spend your money. And look, I hate doing budgets as much as the next guy. Die. As much as the next. I'd rather die than do a budget, actually. That, uh, I mean, look, you and I are both consumer debt expert people and give people advice i will use that term loosely yeah i i I will admit that i don't do a budget oh i don't do a budget it drives my wife well the budget part but my wife's you know we're good we're a good match because she's one of those that likes to balance the checkbook like every penny Mm -hmm. and i haven't balanced the checkbook since my mom taught me how to do it when i was in high school yeah and i went that looks like a complete waste of time (laughs) and so like it and the funny thing is, you know, I'm the finance guy, but my wife handles the bills, right? Like, yeah. you know, I, that's just her role and that's just what it is. And, you know, I'll look at the the bills every once in a while and I'll bitch. And then she'll be like, throw it down on the table. You know, here's where all the money goes, you know, figure it out, genius. And, but like when I go, we don't do this so much anymore, but we used to, because now we put it on a credit card. So it doesn't matter. I'm just kidding. Um, but like, I'd go get gas. Like, you know, this is back when we were like, you know, struggling and I, you know, you to the debit card and she's balancing every penny. Right. And I get some gas and she's like, how much was the gas? And I'd say $58. Yeah. And she'd go, exactly $58. <laughs> and I, no, no, no. It's like 50, you know, 57, you know, 70 something, but just put 58 and be fine. Yeah. And she goes, no, I need to know exactly how much. And I'm like, why just put more. And then we'll be okay. <laughs> she couldn't handle that. Her brain could not process it unless it was exactly how much to the penny that I put on that debit card. And at this point, I would play you an audio clip about what people used to say about budgeting, but it's just so boring. I don't think I can do it. You know, people think that budgeting is easy. It's not. The easiest way to prevent a financial f- failure in the future, a financial surprise, is to save a little bitty bit of money. I don't know what's wrong with my mouth today. Um, to save a bit of money now so that in case an emergency comes up, you got some cash that you can fall back on. You got to learn how to fudget the budget. <laughs> <laughs> did you record that? That will be in the next soundbite. <laughs> I did record. Hopefully. Yeah, I did record that. It just came to me in a dream. You got to fudget the budget. There you go. That'll be our new slogan. No. Fudget the budget. <laughs> so the, another true story uh, this is the, the side effects of budgeting. So had a client and, uh, we're going over a budget, her and her husband and, she, you know, going, well, why is your cell phone bill? So, so high. And she says, that's, that's my cell phone bill. I said, yeah, but it, it looks like it's 
twice as high as it should be. And she said, well, that's because I pay my own cell phone bill and the other one is for my lesbian lover. To which the husband went, huh? (laughs) 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 And and that was the end of that session. I don't think I ever saw them again. (laughs) Was this a face-to-face? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That's one way to find out. Hey, I never forgot it. All right, so we're going to move into the reader question section of the podcast that we just made up this week. Um, I want you to read your question first. Uh, Okay, so I got this question that Steve sent me, and my uh, response was, why do you want me to read this? And he said, just read it. So here's, here's the reader question. Ask Steve your question, okay? And it comes from Richard. And he says that he has a couple of credit cards and two personal loans. One is with Lending Club for $500. I'm assuming he means the loan is $500, not the payment, but I'm not sure. And then he says, um, my question, would Lending would lending Club – I got the Steve-itis here. I can't talk. <laughs> would Lending Club give me a consolidation loan even if I have a loan there? Sounds stupid. Who knows? And my best answer is – I have no clue. Yeah, I don't have a clue either. <laughs> I, but but here's the thing. Here's why I think it's an important question is because uh, before you go and sign for anything or apply for something, if you have unanswered questions, it doesn't hurt to ask or do some research. I mean, go to Lending Club. You can chat with them, contact them, email them, phone them or something, and ask them that question. Don't just yeah. make, a, make a financial decision based on, hmm? Well, how would I know if Lending Club would give him another loan or not? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I, mean I don't know. What I read was exactly 100% of the information I have to go on. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, people make assumptions all the time. Like, here's my favorite one is, I didn't get a bill from my credit card this month, so I don't owe the payment. Sounds reasonable. Well, just because you didn't get a bill. I mean, you know, <laughs> they're expecting a payment. All right, yeah. so here's well, my, here's what. I was just going to say, the only way he can find out if Lending Club would give him another loan is go to Lending Club, and you probably can't call Lending Club and ask. You could try, um, or you'd have oh, to Oh, now you've thrown uh, down the apply. gauntlet. Uh-oh. Yeah, so I don't know whether or not they would give you two loans. I'm sure they would look at it, and they would evaluate it with their algorithms, and it would either come back approved or denied and the unfortunate reality is it's just all about the numbers with lenders these days so they're going to look at your and i I know it doesn't seem fair but that's what they do they look at your credit score they look at other factors debt to income and either they get a green light or a red light and that's it another important reason to have a credit card instead of missing all that good credit history with the debit card it's true (laughs) all right here's my question chris writes in all right this is kind of confusing so you got to listen carefully for the keywords here. Got private loans with Navient. My dad is a co-signer and does not make much money himself. I am paying about 670 a month, and that's the income-driven plan. But it takes up the majority of what I make a month, sometimes leaving me short on rent, not eating, well, or regularly. What are the pros and cons of refusing payments when you have a co-signer? Can they garnish wages? Is there a way to refuse payment and hope they negotiate down or expire my dad 
I think he meant that. Expire my dad. <laughs> I think they want now to expire your dad. <laughs> yeah, I can see it now, man. You miss you miss your payment, and all of a sudden your dad gets this. Kapuya, kapuya. <laughs> Is there a way to expire my debt without hurting my cosigner? So uh, when I read this, I was confused how they yeah. have a cosigner for apparently a federal student loan if it's in an income-driven plan. So I think what's happening here is it's not a federal loan and he's not actually on an income-driven plan. That would be my guess because if it was a federal loan, he wouldn't have a cosigner. Um, and it, if he was on an income-driven plan, a real one, and like an IBR or repay, it wouldn't be taking up – the $600 payment would not be taking up most of his income. Because in order to get a payment that high, you got to have a pretty decent income. Yeah, or the other thing – yeah, I agree with you. The other thing so that, I think it's that a I private th- loan. I agree. But the other thing that I've seen is people who think that their parent co-signed when, in fact, the parent took out a parent plus loan while the kid might well, be making the payment. In that case, the answer is easy. He doesn't have to. He's not responsible for it. There Let you go. Let and expire his dad. Right. <laughs> <laughs> dad, I got bad news for you. You've been expired. <laughs> And it wouldn't all be that bad because he said his dad doesn't make much money. So we could put his dad could get on if it is a parent plus loan, his father could get on the ICR if he doesn't make much money and probably get a much lower payment. Now, you see how these two questions kind of tie together. This is like a brain twister that both of them require more information or calling the lender and asking questions. In this case, the student loan servicer or calling lending club and asking questions before making any sort of decisions about what to do. Yeah. Uh, actually, yeah, I'm seeing that question. So my, again, so let's, let's take this from the approach of this is probably a private loan and actually answer his question. So if, if, let me see real quick. I mean, what are the pros and cons of refusing payments? We have a co-signer. Can they garnish wages? Is there a way to try to refuse payment and hope to negotiate down or expire my debt without hurting my co-signer? Okay. So to answer his question, yes, they can. If it, it's, again, we're assuming this is a private loan, Steve. Okay. So if you if you start missing payments on a private student loan, they can eventually send it to a local attorney and sue you. Once they sue you, if they have a judgment, then they could um, garnish wages from both you and your cosigner if you have wages that are garnishable. Um, there is no way to refuse payments without having a negative effect on your cosigner because they are separately and legally liable for that debt just as the primary borrower would primary borrower would be you know it sounds like there's a lack of communication between chris and his dad too what we've got here is failure to communicate they at least need to have a chat about how they're going to handle this loan yeah yeah, I'm sure it's a private loan, and he's probably actually on Navient has a private on their private side. They do a deal where they call it a um, it's like a rate reduction program, but it's just temporary. And you you give them all your financial information, and they usually put you like on a one, two, three, four percent interest rate payment plan, usually only for like 15 months, and then you got to redo that each year. And they usually only allow that for a couple of years, and then they kick you off. So that's probably what he's on. He's probably on a an interest-only rate reduction type payment for the 670. So my guess is he's probably close to six figures, um, at least, on that private loan if the lower payment is only 670. So, Damon, if you're struggling, having a tough time making ends meet, should you decide this year coming up, the weather's starting to turn nice, spring and summer are coming, 
Should you decide to go on a staycation or a vacation? Me personally or everybody else? Well, what's your advice? Well, staycations can be great because you know what? You know, we travel a lot. My family, we travel a lot um, for, for, for baseball because we're stupid like that. My 10-year-old plays baseball and we travel all over the place because we're idiots. Um, I just preemptive strike there. That way the comments are, you're stupid. Um, and vacations are a hell of a lot of work. And every time we get back from a vacation, we need a damn staycation to recuperate. So if you just skip the vacation, <laughs> you could save a lot of money and a lot of aggravation. So financially, yeah, staycations are the way to go. And a lot of people haven't ever really explored their local area. You know, they never really think about, you know, what things can we do within, you know, 50 miles of the house here or something like that. So yeah, I would I, encourage I people, if they're not phone. used to staycations, try it. They're fun. Turn off the cell phone. Go to Cracker Barrel. Yeah, that'll work too. Cracker Barrel, the kids love those games where you, you know, what's that game where you, you got that little check, that little, looks like a mini golf tee and you jump over and jump over and try to get oh, it yeah. to where there's only one left. I know what Kids love called. that. They'll I, play that for hours at Cracker Barrel. You know what that's called? You know what that's called. No, it's called the uh, the, the golf tee game. I don't know what the hell it's no, called. No, it's called. I like turtles. <laughs> <laughs> so next time you go to Cracker Barrel, I want you to ask your kids, hey, you want to play? I like turtles. Yeah. <laughs> you want to play the jump the golf tee game? <laughs> All right. Uh, we covered all of the subjects that we promised that we would talk about. It's unbelievable. You threatened to talk about? Yep. Let me see. Check, 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 check. Yep. We're full of checks. All right. Oh. Well, so. It's, t- it's time for the entertainment section. I was doing some research. That's how I found that shopping mall <laughs> money help minute. But I also found this gem that I want to use to exit the show. son has a lot of debt. He's done some things that I know he regrets. I just don't know what I should say to help him use his money in a smarter way. Where in the world can he start? For his whole life falls apart. He's a good kid just in a tough spot. He's very smart and he if he don't change then he will be kicked out I'm so upset I just want to shout I know he needs to work more and spend less just need to know how to get him to say yes just need to know how to get him I was just gonna say, how'd you find this stuff? That's, that's good. I like it. It's catchy. No, that was a that was commissioned exactly for me. Oh, you 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 paid somebody to do that? Five dollars. Are you kidding? No. You found it? Okay. Wait, no, you're not kidding. I am not kidding. Some guy made that for you for five bucks. Five bucks on Fiverr. Yeah, I got a, I got a bunch of them actually. <laughs> At you one, just said, make me a song about too much debt? Yeah, no. At one point, I was having uh, reader questions turned into songs. That was a reader question. 
for five dollars. That's awesome. Yeah, uh, unfortunately, I went back because uh, I just ordered a couple of more new songs. Now they're twenty five, but because all the five dollar people said, "Oh, to hell with this! I'm not doing it anymore." Well, that I mean, come on. Yeah, I was going to ask if you gave the guy a tip. That sounds like maybe the first one for five dollars, but you got to pay more than five bucks, you cheapskate. <laughs> My tip was charged $25. Even $25 to get a little jingle? Yeah. Well, we got those coming up. They'll be in the, the weeks ahead. So we got that to look well, forward Maybe we'll to. have that guy do some uh, intros and outros for us. All right, man. Hey, take care. If you want to reach Damon Day, go to DamonDay.com. If you want to reach me, Steve Rode, go to GetOutOfDebt.org. And on that, Damon, we're going to fade out with this. Show us some skin. What a combination of naughty and nice and strip of Christmas Eve. From their Santa Claus hats to their mistletoe rings. They're jingling their bells and other nice things. All through the house, all the joy that they bring to the strip club Christmas Eve. This is Steve Rode, your get out of deck guy. If you want more advice or you want some free help, be sure to visit me at the getoutofdebt.org website. And while you're at the site, don't forget to subscribe to this podcast for even more practical tips and advice.